Okay, happy again today to have uh, John Siebert with us, a CPA who serves many dentists around the U.S., and he's an authority on uh, uh, where the tax, our tax uh, code and tax issues may go in the future. Of course, a little bit of that's unknown. We're happy to ha have you join us here with Lung in the Tooth. This is one of our early segments to uh, late career practice owners, and uh, I hope you'll find the information valuable both as an ongoing practice owner and as a practice owner who uh, will be possibly transitioning your practice to new ownership in the not too distant future. So John, we're happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, let's just start with uh, what's happened now. We have a new administration and there's been yep. a lot of uh, turmoil over uh, political turmoil and social turmoil and and turmoil in people's minds and uh, concern about the future and everything else. And uh, so what uh, what new is on the horizon since the, uh, the present administration has taken over? So from a tax perspective, you know, big disclaimer here, as of February 1, 2021, no new legislation has been proposed. But we know what President Biden campaigned on. We knew what he was saying during the transition. So we've got a feel for where he would like to take the tax code. And it will be a substantially different tax code than what we have today. So his goal over the next 10 years is stated to raise $3.5 trillion through increased tax revenues, primarily by raising taxes on corporations and individuals earning more than $400,000 a year. And the way he wants to do that, there's a number of ways, but the first thing he wants to do on individuals is raise the top marginal tax bracket. So currently, if you're single and your taxable income is above $518,400, your top tax bracket's 37%. If you're married and file a joint return, that rate kicks in at $622,050. What President Biden has proposed previously is to drop that threshold down to $400,000 if you're single, most likely then $500,000 for married filing jointly, and the new top rate will be 39.6%. So currently, if you're a single taxpayer and you've got taxable income between 400K and 518, you have a marginal tax rate of 35%. So this is going to be at least a 5% income tax increase on people that are in that gap between the current top rate and the proposed existing top rate. Um, if we are preparing or planning on selling in the near future, this next one is something to pay real close attention to because he wants to increase the top tax rate on capital gains. Currently, if you're in the top two tax brackets, then your current maximum long-term rate is 20%. Under Biden's plan, if you are a taxpayer with taxable income greater than a million dollars, we lose any tax preference on capital gains and it all becomes ordinary income tax at 39.6%. And this is enormous on if we're trying to sell a practice and, the, and our gain would then be north of a million dollars. And we'll talk about this in a later segment, but installment sales are going to become an, an immensely important planning tool when it comes to selling your practice to try and defer your revenue over multiple years to keep your capital gain and your in total income south of that million-dollar threshold. Um, there's going to be some payroll tax increases. Right now, if, you're, if your wages are north of $148,200, the 6.2% for Social Security drops off. 
the president wants to bring it back for salaries that exceed $400,000. So there's going to then be a gap in where Social Security is taxed. From between $148,000 and $400,000, you're not going to pay Social Security taxes. So planning around your compensation and what your W-2 is becomes more important. If you're a sole proprietorship, looking at becoming an S-corp for tax purposes becomes more attractive again. They kind of fell out of favor with some changes under the 2018 tax law changes. But if this goes through, I think you're going to see S-corps become much more prevalent again. Um, we're going to see a lot of changes on itemized deductions again. The Prior to 2018, if you were a high-income taxpayer, your deductions were limited. Donald Trump eliminated that. Biden's going to bring it back. So for every dollar, over $400,000 that you make, your itemized deductions get reduced by 3%. And your total tax savings that you can gain from itemized deductions are going to be capped at 28%. So right now, if I'm in the 35% tax bracket, my itemized deductions can reduce my income by the entire 35%. Under, this, under his proposals, if we're north of $400,000, you're only going to get a 28% benefit. So there's going to be an additional gap in tax in increased tax based on limiting your itemized deductions. Here's a real frightening one for anyone who has a 401k plan. He wants to reduce tax savings from 401k salary deferrals. Right now, a taxpayer is able to contribute up to $19,500, and if you're over 50 and the plan allows for it, up to $26,000, and these contributions are not included in taxable income. What Biden has proposed is that instead of these being deducted from taxable income, you would get a tax credit likely equal to 26% of your deferral amount. So again, for high-income tax clients, they're maximizing their deferral, they're going to get a much smaller potential tax savings from their 401k deferrals. Because instead of it being a 35% benefit, it's going to be capped at 26. Got it. Um, could, I, could I go yeah, back please. to one item that you touched on? And that is the, uh, you said you think installment sales are going to become more popular for yep. practice uh, transactions. So does the uh, entire gain for the sale have to be recognized at the time of closing or can it uh, actually be uh, recorded as it comes in each year in the future? Exactly. So you have the option. We can recognize the gain immediately or if we have a five-year note with the, sell, with the buyer that he's paying you, we can then recognize the, choose to recognize the income as the buyer pays us. So where this becomes critical is if we are dealing with a practice that is going to cause our sale, is going to cause our income to be north of a million dollars, but we've got that seller note, we most likely will want to elect to have this be treated as an installment sale so that we can reduce our taxable income under that million so we can keep our long-term capital gains rates at 15 or 20% as opposed to almost 40%. Now, just to, to take this path a little bit further with installment sales, most practice sales are 100% financed by lenders. And uh, some may involve some seller financing, but that hasn't really been the case to a large extent. 
So with the installment sale, would that necessarily involve seller financing? Because if the lenders are involved, uh, they're not going to say, uh, right. okay, we'll lend you 25% this year and 25% next year. How, how would that work? Exactly. So if you're get if the buyer's getting his loan from Bank of America, just to pull a name out of the air, and he's paying you in a lump sum, then we don't have an installment sale. So we really are only going to have an installment sale if a portion of this is being seller financed with a seller note to the buyer. If yeah, if we're being paid by the bank in a lump sum, then we don't have an installment sale. Okay. I wonder if there's any way, uh, you know, I guess we'll need to talk to the lenders about this. If, uh, if the goodwill could be sold uh, at one point and the uh, tangible assets sold, you know, the day after in the next calendar year or something like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, a planning point might be if we want to have this effective on January 1 or December 31, we structure it so that a portion of the sale closes on 1231 and a portion closes on January 2nd because the first obviously is a holiday. So that we're essentially getting a lump sum, lump sum, but we're able to treat it as an installment sale over two calendar years. So, yeah, I think lenders are going to have to be a little more flexible and be willing to work with the buyer and the seller on how we're going to disperse funds so that we can take advantage of some tax savings opportunities. Good. Well, it will be interesting in my interviews with the lenders to, uh, to see what direction they head with this subject. Uh, did you did you have some other ideas about uh, where the tax code might be going, or had you uh, exhausted that subject? Oh, there are, there are other things. Again, for our small business owners, the uh, real big one is if you are have income over four hundred k, then the president wants to eliminate the qualified business income deduction completely. Not as big a deal for our dental clients because they're limited anyway as a qualified service business, but. Again, we have the ability, if we're able to structure our business income in such a way as to be able to deduct up to 20% of our income as a tax deduction, it's not taxable. But if we have income greater than $400,000, the current administration would like to see that deduction go completely away. Um, if you're taxed as a C-Corp, and there was a move for our bigger S's, especially to rescind the S election over the last couple of years and be a regular corporation for tax purposes, because we have a flat rate currently of 21%. President Biden wants to raise that rate to 28%. Still probably more beneficial if I'm a $5 million a year orthodontic practice to be taxed as a C-Corp if we structure our compensation right than to be structured taxed as an S corporation, but we're going to need to run the numbers again and, and make sure. Um, yeah. Most general yeah. practices uh, are going to be in that, uh, you know, it's generally going to be your specialty practices. Yeah. Your okay. large, your larger specialty specialists or, or multi multi-location practices that would be in that million dollar North net income range where it really currently makes sense to rescind your S election and be a, be a C corp. Um, now, John, because these, uh, because all this proposed tax legislation, it, it's not actually been introduced yet, as you said at the beginning of this segment, but it's anticipated that will be introduced. Is uh, is there any thinking along uh, when uh, the this will become uh, go into force? In other words, will it be retroactive? Do you think it's more likely to be retroactive, or do you think that? Uh, 
you know, some of it, especially that affects practice sales, you think that will become effective, more likely to become effective on January 1 of 2022? It's hard to say. History tells us that when, when tax law changes, sometimes they make it retroactive to the beginning of the calendar year that the law goes into effect. Sometimes they postpone the effective date to the beginning of the next year. It's much more rare to see a situation where, say, the law goes into effect on July 1st, so we're going to have two sets of tax law in the same calendar year. So I would be surprised if that happens. Um, as far as timing is concerned, it's very risky to raise taxes when we have economic uncertainty. <laughs> and with COVID right now, that's all we have. So until, you know, my gut feel is that until we get some stabilization with COVID, that we're not going to see him move on the tax code. So it, we may get through 2021. We may not. So it's just going to be a matter of paying attention to the news, talking to your tax advisors and, you know, talk to your congressman once things have been actually presented and the law starts to become debated. Okay, the problem that we're going to have right now is that the Democrats control the government and the Democrats want to raise taxes. So if they choose to move forward with this, it's going to happen. Well, that's why I laughed when you said it doesn't make sense to raise taxes when we have a lot of negative other negative pressures on the economy, right. uh, because I don't know that that is uh, a limiting factor for those in power. But uh, time will it's, tell, right? It's interesting to, to study those of us that, that live in the tax world. But history tells us when we cut tax rates, re governmental receipts actually increase. Because cutting taxes acts as a stimulus to the economy. And the converse is also true. Historically, when the government raises the tax rate, you would think that that would increase revenues. And the, the converse is true. It acts as a break on the economy. When the economy slows down, businesses don't make as much money. And so the tax rate, tax collections actually stay flat or go down. Got it. Got it. Well, John, I think uh, you've hit this topic pretty well. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we uh, sign off here? Just don't panic yet because everything we're talking about is, is campaign promises. And as we've seen time and again from politicians, what they promise and what they actually deliver are often quite different. Nothing has been, no bills have been presented to Congress as of today. So this is all speculation based on campaign promises and bluster during the transition. But I do expect that sometime before the midterm elections in 2022, we're going to see the administration try to move on changing the tax code. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing today. And sure we thing. don't promote businesses on Long in the Tooth here, uh, but we do appreciate your time. And there may be somebody that has some questions about topics you've touched on today. So if you would want to share your contact information in case anybody would want to reach out to you, sure. that would be appreciated. If someone wants to email me a question, they can reach me at John, J-O-H-N, at Columbus, then a dasher hyphen CPA.com. Um, our phone number here is 614-367-7850. John, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Our next segment will be on uh, tax considerations when selling a practice, and uh, we hope you will join us. All right. Bye now. <laughs>